Hi, welcome to the Axe Church UK Weekly Podcast. We hope you'll be inspired and blessed by today's message. Enjoy! I'm glad to be here in the house of the Lord with you and again uh, to bring God's Word uh, to you. I pray that uh, it will encourage you. I've learned that there are at least three things uh, that help us become and stay successful. Number one, calling. Uh, To know our calling and to live out our calling. If you can know your calling and live it out, uh, I will tell you this, uh, you are bound to see some amount or some level of success in your life that you will be happy with. Number two is cutting edge. Uh, Whatever you do in life, be it ministry or marketplace, uh, knowing your cutting edge. Another word for cutting edge is niche. Another cutting edge, uh, word for cutting edge rather, is the difference the difference, you know, that you have. Um, some, some people might call it in, in the modern day language, the mojo. And mojo is not a very great word because mojo means magic uh, and Christians don't believe in magic. But the thing is, you know, what's, what's the extra? What, what do you have that your neighbour doesn't have? Uh, uh, and, and really, if you can know your cutting edge, you will probably get to a place of success faster and more fulfilled, okay? So number one is calling, number two is cutting edge, and number three is character. How do I know my calling? How do I know my calling? And I pray that uh, those of you who catch this today will be able to tell others who might be asking you, actually, uh, you know, in the office, they might be saying, actually, uh, calling, calling, calling. Uh, What's this? uh, Calling, calling. Uh, How do I know my calling? How do I find my calling? Okay, so what's the next slide, please? How do I know my purpose or mission is another way to ask it. So that you know that calling is the same as purpose and mission. Well, in definition, probably it's not the same. Maybe in many sense, you can find a little bit of difference. But uh, essentially, it's the same thing. When someone said, uh, what is my purpose, Pastor? He's also asking you, what's my calling? He's also asking you, what's my mission in life? Okay, so that's the same question. How do I know my calling? And what's the next one? How do I? What's the next one? <laughs> you got How do I know? <laughs> XTV, I love you. Uh, and I thank you for helping me, okay? Uh, but I, I only have so many minutes, so you got to help me uh, flow with me. How do I know? Oh, okay, don't, don't flow with me so fast. Uh, I want to, but you're, do, you're, you're doing well. Thank you very much. How do I know my purpose or my mission? Now go to the next slide, please. Okay. So the question is, is this what I'm supposed to do? That's the, that's the real question. At the end of the day, you walk into church, you walk into your company, you walk into the board meeting, you walk into a contract, you walk into a nation, whatever. Is this what I was called to do? Is this what I was meant to do? And you know, you know, you know because um, if you are a circle and you're being pushed into a circle, it just fits and it feels good. If you're a square, put into a square, a rectangle, uh, a rectangular, uh, you know, you go, I can go on and on. You know, it fits. God made us to fit. But sometimes you feel forced. You feel, you know, rubbed uh, all over the edges. And you, and, 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 yeah, sometimes God also allows that to happen. Iron sharpens iron. But you know what I'm saying. Uh, you want, to, you want to, to, to feel a peace. You want to feel a fitting. You want to feel like, yes, I'm supposed to do this. And because the next question is, um, you know, if I'm not supposed to do this, then am I wasting my time? Am I wasting my resources? So I want you to understand that this is a very important question. Can I put the slide up again? Is this what I'm supposed to do? Okay, next one. 
I don't, <coughs> this is a statement I just received from the Lord the other day and I put it onto my Twitter. I put it onto my, onto my Twitter because I feel it's so important for us, for us to understand. I don't want to fail in that which I've been called to. Nor do I want to succeed in that which I've not been called to. Do you understand this? There are a lot of people I think going around very successful in things they're not called to do. And that also is a waste of time. I'll tell you a story first. Actually, I was going to leave it to, uh, to the end. But my grandmother, when I was younger, she said to me, Kenny boy! Uh, my grandmother only knows uh, Cantonese uh, and she very little English. The only few English words she knows is all bad words. Uh, like, like, bradi fool. Okay. Uh, uh, and, um, and she says, Candy boy, come here. I said, yes. Mama, I call him Mama. Okay, then she talks to me in Cantonese. All right. I'm not very good in Cantonese, except to order food, you know. Uh, I remember one guy who was next to me, uh, he was trying to learn Cantonese, and then the waiter came and said, Peng on yet chun cha kui tiao. You know, yet chun means one bottle of cha kui tiao. I'm not that bad. Uh, but um, but I, 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 you know, I sometimes get lost in, uh, in translation. So she would say to me, this is five ringgit, okay? Uh, now remember, I'm like probably six or seven years old. It's five ringgit and you need to go opposite to the shop and buy me a list of things. Uh, and then I will go on a mission. I will go on a calling. I will go on a purpose with five ringgit in my hand, sent by God, I mean sent by my grandmother. Who, who at that time, I didn't know whether she was God or not. But the thing is, send by God, send by God with five ringgit in your hand, with a list. Now, how many of you know that I need to come back having fulfilled that list? Because one time, I came back with different things on the list. Because as a six-year-old boy, I don't know why these shops do this, uh, but they always put the biscuits out first. They always put the sweets out first. So I was tempted with power in my hands. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the blood. I sang this in India, so I, I, I still know the of the Lamb. There is power. So I got power in my hands. Five ringgit. And, I, and I, I don't, it's like coming to life, coming to the world and go like, hey, what was I here for again? Because you get tempted, right, by all kinds of things, man. And the world and the, and the devil just knows how to put the things you know, not in priority one, no. Biscuits comes first. And so I, I thought my, mother, my grandmother wouldn't mind, like, you know. But as, at six years old, I learned that she, she, she did mind. Because when I came back without the stuff that I was sent for, and came, I was successful in buying things, you no? Know? Very successful. In fact, I got some free things. See, I'm covering my mouth right here because I'm coming nearer and nearer to Ronson. I got some free that, so I thought I was very smart, very good because, you know, the uncle, uh, you know, he, he gave me some sweets and he gave me some extra. Wow, you know, because I was so cute, you know, six years old, very cute, chubby, cute, you know. You can be successful uh, at things that you were not sent for. What do you think my grandmother would do? Yeah, she almost did, Lamia. She almost did. I cried out to God, although I didn't believe in him. Six years old, God help me if you are there. And we will one day, how many of you know, appear before God? All of us will have to give an account. The Bible is very clear of this. Though. All of us will have, a, have to give an account. I sent you for this list and you came back with something else. 
He will make kind of like our whole trip to earth uh, and back to heaven uh, a waste of time. I, I, I can hear almost a pin drop in this room now. Are you all thinking? <laughs> thinking deeply? Okay. My purpose is not to condemn anybody here because I am in the same boat. My purpose is to encourage you. My purpose is to get, get you to see that life has a purpose. Life has a calling. Life has a, a little bit of a list from God to achieve. And when we come back, we say, God, here it is. I may not have done it very well. I may not have done it perfectly, but what you want, I got. What you sent me for, I came back with. Are you all still with me? Amen. So let's look at um, the next slide. <coughs> I find my calling, number one, I find my calling in the Word of God. Can I hear a good amen? You say, Pastor, how do I know my calling? Well, let me give you the biggest of it all. The biggest sign. The biggest guide. The biggest go-to. The biggest pointer. The biggest truth. The Word of God. Now, even if you didn't know anything, uh, do you know that there is, there's, there's at least two things you need to know? Number one, it's called the Great Commandment. Come on, people, what is the Great Commandment? To love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and your neighbour as yourself. Can everybody do this here? Let me see your hand wave up. Can everybody do this here? Yes, by God's grace, we can, and we should. So if you, even if you knew nothing else about your calling, uh, do that. Do that. And when you come back before the Lord and say, God, sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm a stupid man. I'm really the dumbest person on the face of the earth. I knew nothing else. I didn't go to school. God, I, I, I have no degree. I have nothing. I'm the, the people, all my friends call me a fool. But one thing I know is that one word, to love you with all my heart, soul, mind, strength, and my neighbour and myself, and that's all I have, God. And I tell you, I still feel like God would say, well done, my good and faithful servant. You knew nothing but that and you live that. What's the other one? It's the Great Commission. Great Commandment, Great Commission. Go ye, oh ye, yeah, we're still into the Old Testament. Uh, uh, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. Go into all the world and make disciples. You understand that? If you know nothing else about the Bible, that's our calling. That's our purpose, is to make disciples. Everybody still okay? Very, very clear. Let me give you some other scripture. Um if I can find it, it's somewhere in my notes. Uh, you know, I've not shared this anywhere else. This is my first time sharing this. And so, uh, excuse me if you see me going uh, kind of like haywire fighting for my notes. But uh, I'm going to give, give it to you now, okay? Um, let me just uh, check this. Uh, how do you operate this iPad? Okay, one second. Huh? Press notes. Okay, I press it. Calling out scriptures. Okay, call out scriptures. Ephesians 4, 1 to 3. Ephesians 4, 1 to 3 says, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling which, with, with, with which you were called. Wow, I love the word of God in Ephesians that, that, that speaks about calling and speaks about us walking a walk that's worthy of the calling. So, so if the calling was this, if, if this was the image of my calling, if this was the perfection of my calling, then I have got to find a way to walk worthy of that. I, if, if this was a costume, if this was a, you know, an Iron Man costume, I've got to fit the Iron Man costume, not the Iron Man costume fit me. I've got to walk worthy of that calling. And if I try to get into that calling and oh, wow, a little bit fat here under the arms, uh, I've got to try to cut that fat. 
Because God ain't going to change for me. The calling ain't going to change for me. My grandmother isn't going to change for me. So I've got to fit myself. And if, you know, i got bitterness, get the bitterness out. Because the bitterness can't fit into that costume. If i got unforgiveness, I've got to get the unforgiveness out. If i got bad thoughts, and the bad thoughts, you know, my, you know, makes my head big. Can't fit into the Iron Man mask, you know, into the mask that God has given the calling. You've got to work, you've got to walk worthy of that calling. Are, are you all seeing me? So, so, why some people can't fit into their calling? Because they're so full of other stuff, you know, big-headedness. And, I'm not putting you down. I'm just saying this is a fact. Hey, why cannot wear what God gave me? Hey, maybe shrink your head a little bit. Lah. Maybe it's pride. You know, maybe, I don't know, uh, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So maybe get your heart clean. So, so you, you, are you with me? I got, I got some more points, guys, so I cannot dwell on this one. But did you get me? Very, very important. You must walk worthy of the calling. What other scriptures do we have? Romans 1.1. Paul a born servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle. Do you see how Paul was so confident because he knew his calling? He was even allowed, well, he allowed himself to be beaten up, no? For his calling. How confident do you need to get, uh, guys, to allow somebody to beat you up because you knew that this is your calling? To allow somebody to take from you, to spit at your face, you know, they, they spit at Jesus' face, right? And, 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 and slap him, right? How confident do you need to be, guys, that this is my calling and I've got to fit and walk, walk worthy of my calling to allow people to bash me up or to you know, ridicule me or to say bad things. This is my calling. In fact, in fact, when you are ridiculing me, you're not ridiculing me, you're ridiculing my calling. And my calling comes from God. Are you all still with me? And I love the fact that Apostle Paul kept... Uh, writing at the beginning of all his letters, I was called. I was called. I was called. And sometimes he didn't just use the word calling. Let me give you others. Um, how about 1 Corinthians 1, 1 to 2? 1 Corinthians 1, 1 to 2. Paul called. Well, there you go again. He starts the letter in 1 Corinthians. Paul called to be an apostle of Jesus Christ through the will of God. How about Ephesians 1, 1? Ephesians 1.1 1, 1 says, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ. Well, he just knows that he was called the sent one. And what's apostle? Apostles don't, it's not a big deal. Like, you know, I'm CEO, I'm chairman. No, it just means I'm a servant. I'm a sent one. I was sent by God to do this. So ridicule me all you want. Rubbish me all you want. Spit at me all you want. Do whatever you, laugh at me all you want. But I'm called according to the will of God. And here we go again, Ephesians um, 1, 1. You know, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God. So, when you talk about calling, you're also talking about the will of God. You say, Pastor, I don't know what the will of God is. The will of God is the calling of God. And the calling of God comes from the Word of God. Are you all still with me? What is the will of God for my life? The will of God for your life is to live out your calling worthily. Come on, people. Have a, have a walk that is worthy of your calling. Can I hear a good amen? Well, it's getting louder now. Praise the Lord. Maybe your mask is getting thinner. Is it not? <laughs> How about this one? 1 Timothy 1.1. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the commandment of God. Wow. Now he's an apostle, not just by calling. Now he's an apostle, not just by the will. He's an apostle by the commandment. So I can add another word no, to calling. Calling is not just a calling, a kring, kring. 
Kring, kring. You remember that joke about kring, kring? The phone rang. Kring, kring. And then I pink up the phone and I say yellow. Okay, and then I'm my phone. That's an old joke. Um, it, it, it's, it's not just a call as in a telephone call or it's not just one of those things whereby you can say, oh, I miss my calling. No, no, guys, it's a commandment. He's an apostle by calling. He's an apostle by the will of God. And he's an apostle by commandment. It is a commandment that we live like this. And if we don't live in a way that's worthy of our calling, then listen, oh, this is going to be hard. But we have broken the commandment. So think about that. Okay? And then I think finally, Ephesians 2.10. Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. The word created, in another sense, in another word, is the word called. Not only were you created for good works, you were called for good works. Your creation and your calling are married. In fact, can I say this? Can I give you a sentence? You were created for your calling. What do you think you were created for? Just to breathe? Just to enjoy the earth for a while and go home? We were all created because God saw a need on the earth. He saw a need on the earth that only you could fulfill. He did. When He made you, He knew that you had an assignment. An assignment like no other, you know. When He created you, when He formed you so beautifully and so wonderfully, He didn't, he didn't just say, oh, here we go. All right, uh, next. No, he, he made you with an assignment and with a need in mind. There was a need on this earth for you to fill. And there was a list for you to fulfill. And that's why when we fulfill it, we become fulfilled. Many times people say, I have done many things. I'm now even richer than I've, I've ever wanted to be. But why don't I still feel fulfilled? Because again, you can be successful at doing what you're not called to do. So I'll give you the sentence again. I'd rather fail trying to do what I was called to do than to succeed trying to do what I was not called to do. Are you all still with me? Because you can be very successful at doing what you were not called. Now, again, I don't want to rock your boat because now you're thinking, oh my word, am I doing what I was... No, don't, don't have to be like that. Don't, don't worry about it because, because God loves you and He's already been directing your path. He's already been leading you. He's already been, you know, doing good things in your life. Now, if you have to go down on your knees tonight before you sleep and pray the prayer, God, actually, from the message uh, tonight, am I really doing exactly what you called me to do? Because if I'm not and I humble myself, it's okay. Don't knock yourself, uh, your head on the wall. Uh, there's nothing to regret about. Uh, look forward. Amen? Tonight, uh, when I speak, I want the Word of God to go forth and not return to Him void. Amen? So you go back and you say, God, if there's something more, teach me, show me, and uh, I will do it. I will do it because it's not just a calling, it's a will of God. It's not just a will of God, it's a commandment. Alright? Uh, Paul was the apostle by the commandment of God. Okay, Scripture is the best director of our purpose and our calling. Can I hear a good amen? His Scriptures, my purpose. Say it with me. His Scriptures, my purpose. Say it with me. His Scriptures, my purpose. I find my purpose and my calling in the Word of the living God. If I knew nothing else, I just need to know His Word. And His Word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Somebody say amen. Okay, let's now look at the next slide. I know of seven other ways that we can know our calling besides the Word of God. 
I know of seven other ways that can help you, friends. And here, let's do it. Number one, simply by birth. The way you were born should tell you your calling. So, let me explain this to you. And I, I, I hope that you are hearing my heart and not thinking that I'm boasting. So, I, 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 I qualify my statement first because I'm going to say to you what my wife recently said to someone. So, my wife and I were doing a pre-marriage counselling. We do this, PMC. Pre, uh, a lot of our leaders do it also with other young couples. So, we have this in Exchange. We do it for six months. We want to make sure that every couple, young couple, goes into marriage prepared. Now, you can never be 100% prepared, but you need to be at least knowing uh, what you're in for. Huh? So, um, we came to a place whereby, I think we were talking about, dear, what's it again? Uh, money. Okay? So, number one is always communication. You have no communication, you have nothing else. Okay? So, number one is always communication. Number two was what, dear? Expectations. When you enter a marriage, you must say, okay. Number three is parents-in-law. Parents and parents-in-law. Okay, in America, the survey they had about 10 years ago was the biggest cause of divorce was mother-in-law. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, but mother-in-law, you are one of the best mother-in-laws in the world. Hallelujah. Oh, praise God. Amen. Yeah, we confess together. Amen. Praise God. Um, and all the mother-in-laws here, please, you know, be the best monster. Be the best mother-in-law. No, 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 not monster-in-law. Mother-in-law, be the best, be the best. Okay? Be one that, you know, loves God and shows the way and, you know, just cause them to say, you know, I don't know what your, what your problem is with mother-in-laws. My mother-in-law is the best in the world. You know, they have the car testimony. Amen. But uh, that was a survey coming out of the States. 60% uh, of divorce is because of uh, parents-in-law, especially mother-in-law. Okay. Anyway, that's 10 years ago. I pray it's changed. Anyway. Oh. Okay. <clears throat> Number four is money. <coughs> Number five is sex. Number four, we won't go into five here. Uh, number four is money. Money, 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 money makes the world go around. Money. And so as we ended that two and a half hour session with this couple who we are counselling from Singapore, one of our leaders in Singapore and his soon-to-be wife, my wife decided to say, uh, after she said many good things, she also said one more thing, and I didn't expect her to say this. She said, I just want to let you know that it's all about values. It's all about values. Husband and wife sharing the same values about money. Because if you don't have the same values, you will argue. One say very important, one say not important. One say mildly important, one say, I, I know, no need, I no need money. Okay? You will always argue. But if you have the same values, that, that money is there not to be our master, but to be our servant. Same values, as the Word of God says, we will not argue. So she then said, she testified, and I didn't expect this, I didn't tell her or didn't ask her to do it. She said, I have never argued uh, about money in my 25 years of marriage. I, I'm, I'm, we are two, doing Zoom call. Uh. I'm in my room, she's in her room, uh, and the couple is in Singapore, okay? And she says, I've never argued with my husband about money. She says, my husband doesn't even get the salary. So she said, a lot of guys are very concerned when their wife earns more than them. And sometimes it starts like, okay, husband earn more, and then suddenly the wife, and a lot of capable ladies in exchange, I know, a lot, a lot of capable ladies. Really? Oh, I hear good amen. Good. Say amen. It's okay. <coughs> and guys, don't be, don't be feeling like, you know, this is bad. This is good. 
We should be proud of our sisters in Christ. We should be proud of our wives. Okay? Yeah. Okay, so, I have no, seriously, yeah, guys, I have no problems, right? Seriously, I have no problems with this. And so my wife said, of course, naturally, yeah, I earn more than my husband because he has no money. <laughs> meaning, meaning that he has no pay. So, I, I started out as a lawyer, okay? So, naturally, I was, uh, you know, I was going to earn more than my wife. But then God called me into full-time. And not only God called me into full-time, I said, uh, do not take a salary. I will feed you. How many of you know that he fed me very well? Huh? Middle kingdom growing from glory to glory. Wow, you're clapping. I praise God. I tried to lose some, you know. Many, many years ago, God said, hey, don't you lose This one is a testimony, you know. See, if you lose it, then you'll be like all the other teen speakers. No, no, I can, I can hear some of you laughing. Some of you go like, huh? Yeah, this very, you know, this very SO, Shell, Petronas, or the oil, huh? Uh, and, um, <laughs> My wife said chicken oil. Hello. You wait, you wait and see. Huh? What? Okay. So, she said, in all my years of marriage, 25 years now, my husband has paid for every big bill in our family. She said, I have never needed to pay for any rent. I paid for some bills here and there, electricity, whatever I can, but never any, all. So anyway, I, want, I don't want to go deeper in that because, you know, I, again, it's not a, it's not a boasting. Huh? It's my wife. I'm, I'm just sitting down going like, my word. Sometimes I'm hearing from your wife, huh, going like, sometimes it feels good. Huh? My, my husband has been there for every big decision. Well, then the couple went, huh? wow, thank you, Pastor Sandra, for sharing that, you know. Because the guy is going to go full-time maybe one day, and the girl may, you know. And, and this is constantly... Well, it can be a problem. But by the grace of God, it's never been a problem for us because number one is value. Number two, I have no problem with women doing better financially. No problem. But can can I give you a secret? A secret was taught to me many, many years ago by God himself saying, Kenneth, you are the man. I made you the man. I made no mistake. When I gave you Sandra, you were to be her husband, her provider, and her protector. You will never use the excuse that I'm not paying you a salary to say that I can never provide for my wife, I can never protect her, I can never make big decisions, I can never wear the pants in the house. Are you all still with me? Because, listen very carefully, I made you man. Because I made you man, I know the feelings you go through as a man. And do you think I'm such a bad God that I will allow you to constantly be bombarded by thoughts that you are not good enough, that you, are, you know, don't have enough money? Will I allow you to do that, Kenneth, you think? I stood up in the presence of God and said, God, you are faithful. When you made me the man and you made me the husband, you will give me the privilege of being the man. Are you all still with me? And I share this again. Now, please don't take it as a boasting. I take it because I shared right after my wife. Because when they say, oh, thank you, Pastor Sandra. Thank you so much for sharing. I didn't want to leave it as that. Because they might not know where it's coming from. How come this man can take his wife to Santorini for our 20th anniversary, although he has no salary? You've got to understand something about living by faith. Living knowing that God will always allow me the satisfaction to be the man that can actually do great things for his wife. 
you, you, got to, you, you got to understand that it's not me. It is knowing God and how good He is to make me. He didn't make me the woman. And He also didn't make me half-half. He made me the man. That's why you need to understand. See, that's why it's a, the whole world uh, is going crazy. We're like, okay, I can be half or I can be... Listen, please. Don't get your calling mixed up. If you get your birth mixed up, you will get your calling mixed up. And I'm called to be the man. And I tell you what, I get the best satisfaction of doing things for my wife that any man who is earning a million dollars a month can do. You understand what I'm trying to say? It's not just about money, you know. It's about the, you understand what I'm trying to say, right? Pastor John, this, this, this whole thing about all men have got some amount of good pride. All, good pride is good. All men have got some sort of like protective instinct that we will jump in front of a car to save our wife, you know, that kind of, we, we've got that. And God has allowed us to do that. And that's why I'm saying that it's the blessing of God. So I give God all the glory for allowing me to understand that He will never fail me. Because if He fails me, I will definitely fail her. But because He doesn't fail me, I will never fail her. Now, some people say, but pastor, you're not God, you can't. Yeah, the small, small things sometimes, you know, I might say a, a word that I should, you know, unkind, or, you know, there are days a husband and wife have their things. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the big ticket, being there when you're needed to be there. Speaking when you need to speak. Protecting when you need to protect. Providing when you need to provide. Being there when she can't be there. You, 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 and, and, and God has given me that privilege. So men, especially here in this room, understand that God created you by birth and that is your calling. We tell to every man that's going to get married, you are already protector and you are already provider. Doesn't matter whether your wife earns, you know, 10 times more than you, you will have the privilege because God will give it to you. God will give it to you. Otherwise, you'll be suffering, man. And you're going to, God, why do you make me man? When you, when, you, when you don't allow me to fulfill what a man is supposed to do. You with me? Now, I tell you guys, some of you, I might be still going like, but pastor, really, I'm struggling with this. I prayed and, and what? I, I still don't see this breakthrough. Keep praying. But pray by faith. Pray knowing that God will not fail you. Pray knowing that God is faithful. Pray knowing that God didn't make a mistake by making you, you. Everybody still okay? Praise the Lord. Wow, I spent so much time on this number one. Give me number two, please. Oh, hold on. Um, I got scripture for you, lah. Oh, someone say good. Hallelujah, praise God. Amen. Okay, so let me give you scriptures. Isaiah 49, 1 to 2. Talking about birth. Listen, O coastlands, to me. And take heed, you peoples from afar. The Lord has called me from the womb. Wow. The Lord has called me from the womb. From the matrix of my mother, He has made mention of my name. And He has made my mouth like a sharp sword in the shadow of His hand. He has hidden me and made me a polished shaft in His quiver. He has hidden me. Jeremiah 1, 4-5. to Then the Lord, or rather, then the word of the Lord came to me saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. You know what sanctified means? Set apart. I set you apart before you were born. I ordain you a prophet to the nations. 
Let's look at Galatians 1, 15 to 16. But when it pleased God, who separated me from my mother's womb and called me through His grace to reveal His Son in me, that I might preach Him. How do you know that you're supposed to preach? Well, I know. Because I know, because I know God made me this way. That I might preach, not just preach, but preach Jesus to the Gentiles. Do you see how clear He knows it? Do you see how clear the Apostle Paul, he's not just preacher, preach to who? Gentiles, specific calling. And he says, it was for my mother's womb that you had set me apart. Are you seeing this, people? First, uh, 2 Timothy 1.9 Who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to His own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Okay, number two. Quickly now, I think I've got to rush. By experiences. Can I say this, people? Look at your neighbour just for two seconds, left, right. Let's look at them for a while. Okay, look at them for a while, okay. You all look, in a way, the same in the sense of human beings. You've got hair, some of you. Uh, you've got, you know, you've got clothes on. You look great. You've got... Yeah, you got whatever you got, okay? You look the same. You're, you're, we are human. There's no animal sitting next to you, okay? One time, actually, I was doing an essay uh, in Bahasa. Manusia adalah binatang. You know? And then, I, actually, it's Haiwan, you know? But, uh, but, uh, but I couldn't put binatang and then I got D for that. Uh, binatang just means uh, animal. You're, it's not, you're not an animal. You are a human being. Do you understand when I tell you this, that what differentiates you really uh, between you and the person sitting next to you what differentiates you really is your experience or are your experiences. Pastor Sandra, if you sat down with her for an hour, she will tell you experiences she had that you didn't have. Or if you, even if you had, you had similar, not same. Every one of you, I'm getting so close, maybe I get, get close to my wife because family can get close. Every single, you, me, when some of you, uh, if you have read my book before, Chin Up, yeah, Chin Up is one of my, my books that I, I wrote, but it's about my life, it's about the testimonies of my life. When you read it, someone told me when they, when they started reading it, they couldn't finish reading it, no, they, they, they sort of like, you know, I mean, they couldn't stop, they couldn't put it down, they, they just read it in 24 hours, they finished it because it was story after story after story of God's faithfulness. When you read a book, why, why do we get so interested in biographies? There's, no, there's not one single biography I've read uh, that is the same. No? Even though it could be similar in some situations, but it's never the same. Do you know, every one of you are a living, walking biography and you have something to tell, something to say. And it's not just those good times. It is those ugly times, those bad times, the times when you lost money, the times when you almost lost your marriage, the time when you almost lost your kid, the time, are you with me? In, in those times when you couldn't afford, in those times when you were, I don't know, all kinds of things happen to us. Why does God allow it? He's actually using these knives and, uh, what do you call him? Uh, you know, there's all these different tools. Uh, you know, the, the chisel, the scraper, the sandpaper. And all these things, what's he doing? He's shaping us, guys. He's shaping you to be you because only you can carry out the assignment that God gave you. 
I, I find that too many people are going around trying to be somebody else. And that's the worst thing you can do to yourself. You're going around trying to be like someone else. Now, of course, if you say, yeah, pastor, I'm trying to be like Jesus, fine, great, hallelujah. All of us should be, should be more like Jesus. But you know what I'm trying to say? You turn on the television, you're never ha happy because you're seeing like, I want that person's life. You look at your neighbor driving a new car, I want that person's life. Don't go around trying to be like someone else because God made you, gave birth to you, special. And the experiences that you have, even that close encounter with divorce, that close encounter or maybe you were sacked or maybe, I don't know what kinds of things could happen now, guys, but you know all those experiences add up to you. All those experiences just add up to you. It's like, hello? You know what makes me me and what makes me special? All the experiences that God allowed me to go through. My parents divorcing when I was one year old. Don't cry over that. That's made me passionate and compassionate for young people who don't have parents. Are you all still with me? If only more people can understand this, then we won't cry over spilt milk. We won't cry over things that happen. No, it's okay. It's just made me, me. What makes the best managers? Managers have gone through. All kinds of stupid stuff, right? And now they're, they're managers and they're good managers because they know what it's like. They know how to hire. They know how to interview. Why? You know, I, 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 I saw an interview just the other day. Uh, this guy asked another guy, uh, so what did you want to be when you were growing up? I wanted to be a comedian. So oh, when, since when you want to be a comedian? Because now he's a, he's a comedian at 30 years old. He's a successful comedian. He said, well, since when you want to be a comedian? He said, since 15. He says, you know, he said, you know why God, this is a secular thing, huh? but he said, you know why God didn't allow you to be a comedian at 15? Because what do you have that's so funny? God will give you some experiences in life. Because huh? the best kind of comedians huh, will talk about their life. No? What do you really have at 15? What's so funny about your life? So when we talk, we don't just talk about jokes. Huh? We talk about life. We talk about near-death experiences and you know, all kinds of things that because people laugh at the real things because they are going through the same things. But what do you have really at 12? What do you have at 15 to become such a great uh, comedian? So God, uh, he said, God didn't allow you to be a great comedian at 15. God is allowing you to great, be a great comedian at 30. But you know, you know what? It gets better. It gets better because the God will just continue adding experiences and experiences and experiences that makes you you. Why is your story different? Why do I go to New Zealand for 10 years in a row and being invited to be a speaker there? And I'm so, I'm, every time I go to New Zealand to speak, you know, we have white guys on the stage and big names. I told you this before, Russell Evans, I shared the same stage with him. Okay, so two speakers for the conference, Russell Evans, everybody knows, and then Kenneth Chin, nobody knows. And then Russell Evans is a really funny guy. And you know, the, the whites have got their own humour. And so I'm shivering, thinking to myself, how can I be like him? Or how can I be like the people up there? You know, how can I be like, you know, more like the pastor of big churches and God says, why don't you be just you? You think they invited you, Kenneth Chin, from Malaysia because, so that you can be someone else, then they might as well invite somebody else. See, so, so if you want to come all the way to New Zealand and be T.D. Jakes, then they might as well invite T.D. Jakes. That's why Oprah Winfrey is probably so successful in her own right because she never wanted to be somebody else. She is Oprah. Just Oprah. Just her. 
And I find that many people uh, who know that that's you and it's comfortable in your own skin will succeed faster. Stop trying to be like somebody else. Are you all with me? So, I, so I, the Lord told me, get up there, Kenneth, and tell them your stories. Even though if you break out into a la sometimes, never mind. And then they invite me back 10 years in a row. Because sometimes they don't understand fully my English. But even that, they laugh. So be it lah. Why must I go up there and, yeah. Yeah. So alright, alright. I'm not Australian. Malaysian. So I try to speak good English. And sometimes the laugh comes out. And, <laughs> they laugh, you know. What's that? I say, I'll tell you later. Number three. Roles. Roles. Why did God call you to be a husband? Your role defines your calling. Why are you a father? Come on. See, I'm giving you these seven points. Just very basic, guys. It's not even rocket science. And it's not even like deep scriptural study. It's just plainly, if you are there and God made you the CEO, then the CEO comes with a calling. And the CEO shouldn't be found at home all the time playing video games. Who's going to give leadership? The manager needs to be there and he needs to be there earlier. <laughs> I see some people going like this. Uh, okay. I'm not putting anyone down. But you understand, just your role. And there are many mums who have you know, uh, discarded their children because they don't know that they're mum. And you can't blame them because maybe they're too young. They are a 16-year-old mum. They don't even know. In fact, they themselves are children. But you've got to understand, if God gave you children, then God gave you a role. And everybody here has a role. Everybody okay with this? What's my calling, pastor? What's your role? You see, some people go like, oh, they want a deep revelation, uh, the angels will come, and then they got trumpet sound, oh, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. What's my calling? What's your role? What's your role, Ronson? Seriously. <laughs> okay, let me tell you because he, he forgot. He is one of the directors uh, for uh, Taylor's College, uh, and he directs uh, the extracurricular uh, activity of the, and he knows his role. In fact, a few, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and for a few years, and for a few years, he's been wanting to come in full time. And he would talk to me, Pastor. I think this year is full time. This year is full time. I said, are, are you sure? Are you sure? Why don't you pray about it? And every time he prays about it, he hears God says, "No, this is the role I gave you. Your role. Twelve years already, yeah. Twelve years. Your role is your calling. What's the next one?" By gifts. So, do you think God gave birth to you by accident? No. Do you think God allowed you to go through all the experience uh, by accident? No. Do you think God gave you the role by accident? No. Even if you think, oh, I gave birth to this child by accident. There's no such thing. Even if it's an accident, it's not. Because children are a heritage from God. It's not. You, you, you're not sure? Go back to the Word of God. I always told you, right? Go back to the Word of God. What's the next one again? Gifts. Do you think that you have this gift by accident? Selby, you are a really good singer. But I'm thinking to myself, how if you decided to stop singing? And I wonder, Selby, 
How many times in your years of singing have you decided or thought that you probably enough lah? Just, just, you know, relax lah. Because I've been singing for so many years already, singing in church already, singing as, you know. Have you ever crossed your mind? Like, I think maybe I just stopped for a while. Yeah, oh, good. Good. Actually, I was going to hope that she was saying yes. But that's good because that's what we're supposed to do. Because we're supposed to recognize that that's a gift from God. My wife has got a new hobby now. No? I don't know why in my area, on my street, uh, there are so many different kinds of birds. Birds. There is a hawk, there is an eagle, there is, uh, you know, all kinds. Okay, and she, she now, uh, when she sees a bird, she goes and Google, and says, oh, this one, no, wow. There's a, there's a kind of bird in our house that, that has made nest. And I think they've gone through 12 or 13 pregnancies already. Okay? And <coughs> we always have to go out and see. It, it's, on our, it's on our light. Our, our, our lamb uh, casing. It builds a nest there. And then later on, she found out it, the bird is called peaceful dove. Okay? So he chose the pastor's house. To, hallelujah. Praise God. Okay? 13 generations have come and gone. Seriously. Peaceful dove. Okay? Listen, listen, listen. What, what, what else do you think a dove does? Uh? With life. It doesn't cook. It doesn't clean. Do you know, uh, the reason why after 13 generations, they, they wanted to come, I saw them building a nest, but they, because it's 13 generations of nests, and so they have to build on the 14th generation, uh, and it's just too high already. And so these birds also can be very particular, you know? Like they're trying to build, but you know, so I didn't know that the, my, my, lamp, my lamp, the casing, was, it had a depth, you know? So the first one that built there had like a little cozy nest and then built on top, built on top. So the, I, I just realised that birds that can build nests, they cannot break it up. They cannot, they cannot clean after themselves, you know? So I told my wife that day, I said, hey, how come these birds know how to build, 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 but don't know how to, don't know how to clean? Huh? Then she said, oh, yeah, they're, they're, they're just birds. They're just birds. So she already fall in love with the birds, like, okay. And, um, and, and so, she, you know, she sent her father, father up there to clean the, the, the nest. And uh, at 80 years old, he's climbing the ladder. And, uh, you know, I had to hold the ladder. And then he's cleaning the, the top of the lamp and using a brush. And all the stuff is coming on my head. I'm saying, thanks, Dad. <laughs> thanks, Dad. You know, all the kutu coming down. And, the, and, the, and, and I'm, I'm saying to my, oh, my wife, my wife, you know, if you only know what we're going through, one 80-year-old man on the ladder and, and, and one, you know, um, younger man, uh, uh, you, know, uh, you know, getting all the dust from the top. Uh, and uh, then my father-in-law went and covered the lamp uh, so that they can't build nests. And then I told her, I said, hey, he went and covered. La. She said, yo, why? So basically, she has, a, she has an interest now. She has a passion. But I'm thinking about birds. Uh. All my wife likes to hear is their singing. So they start singing uh, at about um, three something. And then they stop for a while. Then five something. So I use AM. AM, correct. AM. So I use them as alarm clock. So one time, when they were singing, I thought it was already four something because I, I wake up about four. And, 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 and actually, it was you know, much earlier. And I said, wow, you play me out. Huh? But, but basically, basically, the birds are just singing, doing nothing else. And then the Lord spoke to me you know, one day. He said, that's all the birds do because I created them to do that. And you know what? As long as they do that, I'll be smiling. How about you? How about you? So may Selby never stop singing because every time she opens her mouth to sing, God smiles. And I hope that my gift is speaking. 
And every time I speak, God smiles. And you are playing the keyboard. You see, the thing is, when we do it too long, we get tired. And I also get tired. And then I let everybody else speak, which is good because everybody gets a chance to speak. So this church has more than one speaker. We have about 20 speakers. But then the Lord says, but you must not stop speaking because that's your gift. Now, some of you may not agree. But it's a, it's a gift. And then when I saw how the bird went, then my wife smiled. And she runs out of the door. Where's the bird? Where's the bird? She goes like that. Bird, 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 bird. Bird. And then the creator God up there just saying, just do your thing. Just keep tweeting every day. I didn't ask you to cook. I didn't ask you to clean. I didn't ask you to... You know, just tweet. Kenneth just keeps speaking. Selby just keeps singing. That's your calling. Sometimes we go like, huh? Only singing? Only tweeting? I want to do more! No, It's okay. I know sometimes there's a desire. I want to do more! But that's what you're made for. And if all you do is tweet and sing and speak till your dying day, that's all you were created to do. Do that faithfully. Next one, I know my time is up already. Uh, the guy put up 10 minutes. Uh, that was like 20 minutes ago. Number five, buy passions. Why do you think you are passionate about something that another person is not? Just by your passion. Why are you passionate about? And some people don't have passion. But it's okay. If you don't have passion, then go with the other... Seven points, uh, by birth, <laughs> by experience. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm sure one of it will touch you. But if you have a passion, and that's why when husband and wife, uh, you know, sometimes we got a passion and we share it with our wife. And then I know when Albert, Albert Lau had a passion for football, DVFA, he said to me, Pastor, I really, and he had a very good job, no? but he would give up that job and give up the good salary uh, to come and join DVFA, the Dream Village Football Academy. He was so passionate about football and kids. His wife knew it, no? Because I said, did you ask your wife about this? He said, I, I checked with her and she said to me, I will support you because I know this is your passion. Why did you get the passion and nobody else got it? Ask yourself that question. Why do you have a passion for the poor? Why do you have the, a passion for the East Malaysians? Why do you have a passion for the Orang Asli? Why did you? See, we are not here to try to fight with another person. You must have the passion too. No, don't, don't do that. You can't force your passion on another person but you can find other like-minded, passionate people. Yes, you can find them. But you don't have to force them because God would have already put a passion on their hearts. Why are you uh, passionate about the Tamil ministry? Why are you passionate about the Mandarin ministry? Don't force other people to do it, but you do it. And I tell you what, uh, when you step out in faith, uh, other like-minded people will find you. And then you find a team. You know, we have a deaf community ministry, you know. And people are still asking me, Pastor, when did it start? Uh? I said, I still can't remember, uh. They just came. And then we let it flourish because there were people who were willing. And then you have Enoch who can sign. Enoch can talk any language. Right? Sign language, you know. And then we had other people rising up, yeah? Teresa, right? I, I can't remember all the names, but Daphne now is definitely the one that is. Deaf community ministry. Not everybody is passionate about it, but I thank God that some people are. 
because now it's doing so well. You know what? I, when I speak, uh, and, I, and I find on the TV screen, there is this Daphne, you know, doing all the sign language. And I'm like, wow, I feel like I'm speaking on RTM. Classy, you know. We've, we've come to that level. But thank God they are doing it. So please don't try to put and force your passion on others. Because I tell you the truth, if you have a passion, you run with it. My passion is young people. And some people call me the oldest youth pastor in Malaysia. Because I've been doing youth work for 30 years. And until today, you see, you can't change people's passion. Say, oh, wait la, until you grow up, uh, Pastor Kenneth, then at least you will grow up out of young people. No, how do you grow up out of a passion? If you're for the poor, then you'll be for the poor until you're 75. Right? Until you're 80, until you're 90. Passion, I'm talking about, guys. Passion is not just one of those things whereby, oh, today i got passion, tomorrow no. But no, you were made with that passion. And so I ask you to follow that passion. And don't blame other people. Don't say, hey, hey, yo, you're good for nothing. Like, you don't want to follow me. No, don't do that. And even if your spouse also said, no, la, darling, you go. La, you know, I, I. Don't blame him. Don't blame her. No, it's okay. Because your spouse gave you the freedom already. Eh? Thank God already, you know. Oh, I can go? Yeah, yeah, you go, go, go. Go ahead, go ahead. I will cook. I will clean. You go ahead. Don't force it. Yo, you're good for nothing, husband. La, you, know. you should support my passion. I'm supporting. But don't keep asking me to go because I, you know, this, this is not my thing. Then what's your thing? I got my own thing. <laughs> last, is it last one? Okay, very easy. By surroundings. Why do you see what you see? Why do you hear what you hear? And others don't. Um, Bill Wilson of Metro uh, Children's Church, the biggest children's church in the world. I think they have about 100,000 children now. Um, and Bill Wilson, he came to this church once and I... He was, he was asked this question. How do I know my calling? You know what Bill Wilson said? Bill Wilson said, when you walk down a dark lane or dark alley and you hear a child crying in the alley, that's your calling. Why did you get the privilege to hear it? Why did the person have to share with you the vision? Hey, there's so many people that can hear the dream, the vision. You know how many people knock themselves on the wall with their head when they, when they, when they see Google in the billions, uh, and then they were the first ones that were asked to invest. Then they asked themselves, why in the world? See, the thing is, sometimes we miss it because we don't understand that even surroundings, what we are called to, not just called, what we are made to see, what we are made to hear, but we were not sensitive enough to know that we were the privileged ones. Even when we were to give away something, give away money, whatever, hey, don't see that's pressure when you need to give money away, you know. See, it's a privilege. Why you? Because you are going to stand to be blessed so much. Huh? You give away a little, you get back so much more. So you are privileged to give, you know. But no, we, if we have a different value in our life about money, we will say, no, it's a pressure to give. It's a privilege. It's like somebody coming to you and saying, huh? Google? Yeah. Apple? Yeah. Thank you for coming to me. Because although I can't see it now, I was so into it. Now, but of course, if you don't move, then maybe it's not yours. Can we agree with that? Maybe because maybe you, if you didn't move, maybe it really wasn't yours. But don't, you cannot ever say that you were not given a chance. Your surroundings will define your calling. 
Why do you think I was brought up poor? I can understand poor people. You know, friends, I've learned never to complain about my past. Because my past is what made me. And to be an effective minister, God has allowed me to go through some things. I'm not saying the best minister, I'm just saying to be effective. And all of us can be effective. Last one. (coughs) Are you getting something of this? Now, of course, number seven is what everybody wants. Supernatural encounters. It happens, but I put it at number seven because it happens very rarely. Very rarely. And I think a lot of us just looking for the bright star in the sky. Looking for the angel to come and visit you. Listen to me as I close. It can happen and it will happen. But the, the, the point is, it's not just angelic visitations. It can also be vision. <coughs> it can also be dreams. It can also be, you know, voices in the night. A dream that you get when you, you, you say, Pastor, I don't, you, you, I don't usually get dreams, but I got this dream and I'll share it with you. God does speak. Let me give you examples of those who had supernatural encounters. Abraham. Angels came to visit him and said, this time next year, you will have a son. Who laughed? Sarah. But Abraham believed. And Abraham believed God so much that it was accounted to him as righteousness. Who else got a visitation? Moses, burning bush. Who else got it? Joshua, with the angel drawn with his sword, remember? Are you for us or are you against, are you against us? No, I'm not. I am the commander of the Lord's army. Hallelujah! Praise God, there is such a thing. How about Gideon? Gideon trashing wheat in a barn, you know. And an angel came in and said, Oh, you mighty man of valor. The man is hiding inside the barn and he says, You mighty man of valor. When, when you have an angelic uh, visitation, uh, God speaks exactly who and what you are. He doesn't speak uh, according to your circumstances, He speaks according to your calling. Almighty oh, man of valor, even though he was hiding. Because God, when He made you, He put calling in you. And while you forgot it, He doesn't. Can I hear a good amen? He doesn't. And every time you get a visitation from the Lord and even from the Word of God, so that when you are touched, you might also be transformed. I'm telling you right now, God doesn't forget the reason why He made you, even though we might forget. Who else? Gideon, Samuel. Samuel heard the voice of God when, at a time when the voice of God was not heard anywhere else. Samuel, Samuel. Yes, here I am. Solomon saw God twice. Daniel had visions. Zacharias saw the angel and he didn't believe and so God made him mute. Couldn't speak until his son was born, John. Mary had an angelic visitation. Mary, you highly favoured one. Well, highly favoured one. She was probably only 15 years old, 16 maybe, young lady. And God chose her. Highly favoured one. Wow. Gave her a vision. Joseph, her husband, also had a vision. Do not go back this way. Do not go back this way. Uh, People are seeking to kill your son. Jesus. Joseph, get up. Go the other way. I can give you other names. John. Paul. John had visions, right? That's why he wrote Revelations. Give you another name. You might not know this. Kenneth. I didn't say Chin, 
And one vision that he received in 1994 is where we are today by the grace of God. But, it, but it's, friends, it's not just one Kenneth, right? It's supposed to be all of us have a calling. Have a dream, have a vision, have a passion. Come on, I can go down the list again, but I won't because of time. You were made for your calling. Amen? Let's close. Why is it important to know our calling? Why? Well, this is why. So that we can fulfill it, number one, and be fulfilled by it. We are all called, like my grandmother sent me, God has sent you, and we are called. And so, why is it important to know our calling so that we can fulfill it and be fulfilled by it? We will never be fulfilled if we never live out our calling so that we can remember that we have been sent with a clear assignment and a certain accountability. A certain accountability meaning that one day all of us must give. A certain day, a certain time will be set for us to give an accountable or uh, to give account, account, to give an account for how we have lived our life. Have we lived it according to His calling, His purpose, his mission. We can remember everyone in this room, you have been sent. You're not an accident. Turn to your neighbor and say, you are not an accident. You have been sent. Come on, you have been sent. You have been sent for an assignment. Everyone here in this room. Why is it important to know our calling? Well, number one, so that you can be clear. Clarity is really, really important. Number two, with clarity will come confidence. Why is Paul so confident? to be beaten up, to be in prison because he knows that is his calling. He's clear, he's confident and he's courageous. Some of you might find it hard to be courageous to do the thing that you are called to do. Why? Because you didn't even know in the first place it was your calling. It was your mission. It was your purpose. It was your destiny. So I'm praying right now as I close, know your calling, know your mission, know your purpose, know your destiny. Be clear with what it is and be confident and be courageous and number four it's commitment some of you are so tired doing what God has called you to do you want to give up don't give up even all, if all you're doing is just singing like a tweety bird in the mornings and putting a smile on God's face keep doing that because every time you open your mouth every time you do this every time you walk out every time you cook every time you clean every time you manage people every time you teach children Every time you do what you're called to do, you put a smile on God's face. Keep doing it. Keep baking if you have to. Keep sowing if that's your gift. Keep teaching if that's your gift. Keep drawing if you're a graphic artist. Keep doing what you've been called to do, how you've been fashioned, even in your mother's womb. Be committed to the very end. Can I hear a good amen? amen? Be committed to the very end. Can I hear a good amen? amen? Is there any more slides I have got to close? And what if we don't answer our calling? Oh, hard question. What if we don't answer our calling? Is there an answer there? It's like all that God had planned and prepared for us. All that we've ever been through. All that we've ever experienced. Suddenly has no real meaning. No real reason. No real purpose. And all together, it's a huge waste of time. And we don't even know why we were born. And people are going through this question day after day. Why am I born? Why did I have to go through all these experiences, all this pain? 
all these different things that I have gone through, all just a waste of time. If you don't know your calling and if you don't live out your calling, friends, God has never made an accident. He has never done anything just for fun. He has made you and He has made me and He's given us all that I've just spoken to you about. Why? So that you and I can fulfill our calling. If you've been touched by today's message and would like to invite Jesus into your life, why don't you join me in saying this prayer? Lord Jesus, thank you for paying the ultimate price for my sins by dying on the cross for me. I receive your love and forgiveness and eternal life by faith. Come into my heart and life and be my Lord and my Savior. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for tuning in today. We hope that you've been blessed by today's message. For more information about Acts, you can check out www.actschurch.uk. God bless.